Welcome to Rise from the Ashes. Our podcast looks at various issues for families. We'll be talking with attorneys about personal and legal concerns having to do with divorce, custody, and parenting time. There are also a few topics about letting go, moving on, and new beginnings. Please keep in mind this podcast is only to inform and help to understand legal and personal issues as they relate to family law. It should not be considered as a replacement for a qualified family law attorney. When in doubt, please contact a professional. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters. Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Rise from the Ashes. I'm David Braddock, and I'm going to be your host for today's program. And we're talking today with Susan Mundahl, who is the senior attorney at Mundahl Law. We've got an interesting topic for today. Why did you choose this one? Well, I've done hundreds of divorces, and and a theme that tends to come up is that they keep saying the phrase, well, I trusted my spouse to do this. Quite frankly, in some cases, I don't think they should trust their spouse. And so that's what I wanted to address today. So this topic, then I'll just read it. Don't trust your ex to have your best interests in mind. Let's jump into it. Everyone knows that divorce is two people that are trying to figure things out. Sometimes they appear to be pitted against each other, fighting for whatever their best interests are. But that's not the only unhelpful aspect of this thing, is it? No. It actually is more frustrating when one side is absolutely convinced that they deserve the majority of the finances, they deserve the majority of the parenting time with the children, and the other parent has been oblivious in the past, in particular, mostly guys. They've gone to work every day, they've made sure that the bills are paid, and they've literally only been able to pat their children on the head at night. And it's a leftover, and men do not find that satisfactory anymore, and yet they're spouses have been used to them doing things that way and they want that to continue even in the divorce and it's not helpful to the men who now want to have more contact with their children and bear less of the financial burden. I think in divorce people need to recognize that what they're trying to do is cut their losses. They're in a bad partnership and what they need to do is try and figure out how to get out of it to be able to move forward with their individual lives. I think every spouse thinks that they are the one who is the most fair. In a marriage, everyone has to believe they're giving 100%. People don't want to do that in a divorce. It's my firm belief that when the love goes, the only thing to fight about is the money. And then people tend to mistake getting more money as a way of getting love. Yes, I do think there are some women and men motivated by having money for the kids. There was this fellow that I knew socially. Yeah. And he was complaining about an ex-wife who they were divorced 10 years before. Okay. And in the divorce decree, he chose not to get an attorney. And he told me it was because he thought his wife just wanted to be fair. Well, she subsequently moved back in his home. And in the divorce decree, it says he was going to pay X amount of dollars child support. Well, she moved in for several years, and then she moved back out, and then she subsequently married. And now 10 years later, she wants that back child support because there's a court order saying he was supposed to 
have paid it. But in the meantime, they had reached this agreement, and all it was was just an oral one. She said, oh, yeah, I won't go after you for child support. Oh, sure. And so he's saying, well, I thought she'd be fair. And I said, well, I hate to tell you, but that's a mistaken belief. Normally, on a contract, latches would apply. Latches is a legal doctrine that says that if you sit on your rights too long, you lose them. Okay. But the courts have specifically found, and there's case law, that says if you have court-ordered child support and you don't pay it, it doesn't go away. And so she actually has a valid claim 10 years later. He might be able to, you know, as long as he could provide evidence to the court that he actually provided the actual support for the child by housing them for a number of years. But that's going to be his burden to show. And since it was social, he never did hire me to represent him in the matter. So I have no idea how it turned out. Is there a certain type of circumstances with a couple getting a divorce where this tends to happen more often than not? Well, yeah. The dynamic that happens is when you have one spouse who basically takes care of everything in the marriage, and quite frankly, that's usually the woman. Okay. And the husband is just, you know, pays the bills and goes about his business and really is somewhat clueless on those things. And so now the wife wants these various things in the divorce. So he's been able to trust her for all these years when the relationship was functioning and so now they've had a breakdown, and she's going to take advantage of that, is kind of what you're saying. Yes, but he actually may not have been able to trust her all along, and she may have been diverting funds during the entire marriage, or at least during a certain portion of the marriage, and has a little nest egg that he knows nothing about. I'm sure that has happened. But yes. So I guess the point is that he's been thinking that he could be trusting her all these years. Well, to put it bluntly, it is every person's responsibility to make sure in a marriage that you understand the financial piece. Whether one party is assigned to handle the finances or not, the best marriages are the marriages where they sit down at least once a month and they go over what all the finances are and that each party understands completely what's going on. And the party who has not been paying attention is the one that is likely to be taken advantage of in a divorce situation. That makes very good sense. Thank you. Sure. Did you have another story to relate to this dynamic that tends to happen? Well, speaking of the custody and parenting time, there's an awful lot of dads who, during the marriage, they didn't get to spend a lot of time with their kids because they were out earning an income. And what I have seen more recently is that these dads want to spend more time with their children, but they have been locked into handling more and more of the financial piece of the marriage, while their spouses have, in essence, been staying at home, taking care of the kids. But I am finding more and more men find this unsatisfactory. But now they want to change that dynamic after allowing it to go on for so long. And now their spouse is like, no, I want to continue to just stay at home and take care of the kids. And I don't want you to have time with the kids. I want you to just go out and earn money. What may be financially feasible in a marriage, it no longer is in a divorce. The expectation is, is that both spouses are going to go out and earn money to the best of their ability while taking care of the children equally. I have seen an awful lot of friction regarding that particular dynamic. 
What kind of things can happen? Well, the problem is if a dad really hasn't had a lot of time with the children, certainly the courts now want dads to have more time. But I'm finding that moms, I just had a case recently, and it was a seven-hour mediation where the mediator spent the majority of the time trying to tell the mother that she's not going to get to keep the kids exclusively to herself and that the father has a right to at least a reasonable amount of parenting time. She had actually cut off all parenting time for him. That's simply not the statutory presumption. He's going to get 25% parenting time. But the problem is, because he had allowed it to go on for a period of time, we're talking a couple years as opposed to a couple months, it's going to cost a lot of money to change her thinking. He will get the parenting time eventually, but it is going to be an upward battle. And so my advice to men is to not sit on your rights. You need to respond immediately. You have a right to 25% parenting time. How might that affect the child support calculations? Again, child support now is being calculated based on both parties presumed to have to support the children. However, the custodial parent can oftentimes circumvent setting a potential income on them if they're collecting public assistance. What they do is they want the kids more in order to get more child support. That's for the obligee. And the obligor, there are a small number of males who want the designation that they are having the children 50% of the time is what they say, just so they can avoid a child support obligation. That small percentage then are misusing the system. However, what is better is that the majority of men now who want more parenting time, it is simply because they want more time with their kids. And we are now recognizing the importance of fathers in children's lives and that the children are the ones who need more time with their dad. Does this trust element affect how property matters end up being dealt with? It can. If you have a mom who's a stay-at-home mom and has been a significant period of time, then she's going to be asking for spousal support, presumably, but she's only going to receive it if there's enough money, disposable income, for her to do that. That gets into, again, it's a mess. Aren't there retirement programs that will enter into how the property gets divided up? And I've heard of a thing, and you've referred to it on these podcasts a number of times, a quadro. Let's just leave that for another day. Okay. So simply to say that if you are not taking personal responsibility and understanding what the finances are in your marriage, and if you are not going and seeking the advice of a competent family law attorney prior to reaching agreements in your divorce, fully expect that you're going to be taken advantage of. At that point, quite frankly, it's your own fault. Okay. And that's why I'm doing this podcast to say, don't let that happen to you. Be proactive. Go see an attorney, even if it is to do a paid consultation, to have them review the judgment and decree and explain the consequences to you. In other words, do your homework and see that the division is equitable, both the parenting time and the property and the financial piece. Let's back up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are there any signs that the soon-to-be ex is showing that they may not be as cooperative? Well, you'll see it in the petition. And definitely when the asset balance sheet comes out. I have a case right now where a wife fully believes that she should receive all of her retirement accounts and then half of his. It's that old, what's mine is mine and what's ours is mine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, great. And it just doesn't work well. 
And unfortunately, it's just mistaken thinking. And that's a part of the divorce process is for us to say, no, it is going to be divided equitably. Are there any other ways that people can avoid falling into this dynamic where they're not going to be able to trust their ex or their soon-to-be ex? Make a demand to see an asset balance sheet of the other person and all of the finances and get copies of all the documents. Do your homework. Yes, I know it's frustrating. And in some cases, if the assets, if there's a number of them and if there needs to be some tracing involved, don't be afraid to use an expert, a forensic accountant. There's some excellent ones out there and they can help dive into this. That's when you're getting into the divorce process. That's correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. You do need to be able to trust experts. And you need to be willing to spend the money. I'm sorry, even if you're making 200000 400000 a year, I assume that you're smart enough to know that you don't know everything, you don't know family law, and that you're going to spend the necessary money to see that your rights are protected. And even if you make less than 100000 it's still worthwhile to go see an attorney to make sure it's done correctly, rather than to moan about it to a potential date in the future about how your wife shafted you. No matter if you're able to tell that story or not, the truth is that it's going to be long-term. It's going to be for the financial and psychological well-being of yourself and your family, your children, whomever. Yeah. yeah. Right. Going okay. into the future. Okay. Yes. Buyer beware. There you go. <laughs> or as uh, Benjamin Franklin says, a stitch in time saves nine. There we go. Saving stitches. Thank you so much, Susan. That was some wonderful insights on how to avoid trusting your ex, especially if they don't have your best interests in mind. That's right. Thank you, David. You are listening to Rise from the Ashes, the podcast channel that takes a careful look at all things having to do with legal procedure within the family law process. Rise from the Ashes is sponsored by Mundal Law, who specializes in assisting families and individuals through the legal process with respect, dignity, and caring. Mundal Law is dedicated to helping people to solve their legal problems. You can visit the Mundal Law website at mundallaw.com or call to schedule a consultation with one of their qualified family law attorneys. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters.